0: Hey Paul. Hey Fab. How are you? Good yourself. Good. I'm cool. excited about our, our subject today.
1: Nice. F1? No, right. <laughs> F1. Oh yeah, yeah. we
0: Fab and I are both F1 fans. Um, he likes the evil teams. I like the good teams. We like the same teams.
1: <laughs> Maybe they're all evil <laughs> and they're all good. <laughs> I'm,
0: trying to, I'm trying to cause controversy.
1: Okay. Nice. Go. Um. All right. So we're gonna dive deep deeper into the discovery call. Um. I think we. We both agree that it's probably the most neglected, but probably the most important step, and and the step that needs the 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 proper time invested. And I think we both see it. You know, you as a as a sales uh, consultant and coach, and me as, as like on the operational side of things, like that's the step that gets neglected, right? Like on the operational side of things, like people aren't logging their deals. They log the deals like three steps forward further. So it's not, it, and then it becomes really hard for for sales leaders to, uh, you know, understand what's going on in the discovery if, if the reps aren't logging yet. And, and we could go dive deep. And I know we we're going to do at a some point a, a show on, on setting up your CRM. But, um, and, and you were saying how on your on your side of things, like it's just, it's it's the step, yeah, that, that gets forgotten, right? And and we'll talk about it, like asking questions and all that stuff. Um, but, but before we get into that, like how about you kind of just, Set the table, or add to just what I just sure. said.
0: Yeah, sure. So, so you know, if we talk about a quick sales process, right? So you've got your preparation, then you got your introduction, then you then you're jumping into your discovery call, right? Or your discovery phase, or you know, call it a call. I mean, it doesn't have to be a call. It can be a, a meeting. The discovery portion of of the uh, of the conversation, and I think what happens here is that. The mindset of the individuals at this point is I've got to discover the challenges that they have so that I can plug in my product and help them. And what often happens, I think, at this point is once people discover a few problems or challenges that they can help people with, they jump into sales mode. Mm -hmm. And I, I think... That can work, right? You can get sales that ways because, because obviously if your client's sitting there going, hey, wow, okay, you can help me with this challenge, you might sell. But I think the mistake there is you need to go further. You need to go deeper, particularly when you're talking to a decision maker, because often that challenge that you're fixing for the decision maker is only a challenge. What you really want to know is what does fixing that challenge help them do? Yeah, What's their true objective? And what's their true need? What's their true motivation? And the only way to get there is to follow through in a discussion and go deeper. And yeah. and I know I'm really setting this up and I'll say one more thing and I'll let you jump in. Um, as you're doing this, as you're making them talk, as you are using hopefully mostly open-ended questions, you're also converting that person into someone who sees you as a trusted advisor. So the deeper you go in that discovery, the more you find out about them, the more they're gonna trust you. The more you make them talk because they're gonna say, this person is taking the time to really understand my reality before they talk about themselves. And what that Mm. does is it builds trust. It's the true foundation of trust. And it's the true foundation of what you need to move forward and become a partner rather than just a supplier. That was a lot. Yeah. So I unpacked a lot there. Yeah. I mean, and
1: there's something that you said that that I, I really like kind of uh, lit, lit, lit a light bulb, <laughs> yes. but it's more on the operational side of things. So we'll, we'll talk about it a bit later, but um, you, you're right. And, and, so as a sales leader, because that's, that's who we're talking to today, is what should you expect your salespeople to
0: do during a discovery call? So during a discovery call, as a sales leader, you should expect your salespeople to find out the motivation and the objectives, the business motivation, the business objectives, depending on what business it is, of the, either the individual of the business, what they're trying to achieve. So if you're selling software, if you're selling uh, a a software platform, a digital platform that's going to help them do X, Y, Z, you still want to know what those business objectives are. Because that software is going to help them achieve those business objectives. They don't give a Beep about the software. It's not why they're there. What they care about, and they sometimes they care about the challenges that they're trying to solve only because it helps them achieve an objective. Yeah. So as a yeah. sales leader, you've got to make sure that your salespeople, sorry, you you got to make sure that your salespeople are obtaining that information, that they're understanding the client's or prospect's objectives.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, as we both kind of mentioned at the top of the show, you know, we, we both find in our respective realms that a lot of reps have a hard time doing that. Mm hmm. Uh, why and let, let's unpack that and then it kind of feeds into the, the 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 next topic you know which is like what should sales leaders do but why, why do you find and i have my point of view that I, I can share after but why why do you find salespeople have a hard time really understanding business objectives and goals
0: well there's probably a part of it for some people that that they're just not interested. So they don't want to go there. They just want to sell their product. So if they have a lack of interest in the client, well, you know, unfortunately, it's going to show and, and they just not they just want to sell their product. In other situations, they might not understand the business, but I think mostly what it is, is excitement on behalf of the salespeople to be able to offer a solution to a problem that they have. It's, mm-hmm. it's excitement to say, ah, oh, geez, I have the right tool. I know I can help them. And they make all the connections in their brain sometimes, but they don't take the time for the client to make those connections. So because you've done this and you've talked to a hundred clients, 50 clients, a thousand clients, you know what it's gonna help them with. Mm. But that specific prospect you're talking to doesn't know it. So the reason a lot of people jump ahead is because they know the answer. They know what's gonna help them, but they don't walk their client or they don't carry their client through that journey. They expect Hmm. them to jump there. That to me is why most salespeople do it. There's some, like I said, that are lack of interest and they're bad salespeople. And some of them just expect their client to understand. Well, they know that they're asking me the question or they know that they know the challenge. They know what their objectives are. Why should I talk to them about it? Uh, Mm -hmm. But you have to understand as a sales leader, you've got to make your reps understand that that client walking through making the connection between that challenge and their objectives and you asking the questions to make that connection is going to solidify your eventual solution for them to connect it to their objectives, not just to the challenge. Mm-hmm.
1: That's interesting. Um, yeah, I think, I, could, I, th- I mean, on my end, like what I see, obviously, uh, my perspective is a bit different, but um is yeah uh, to me is like, they don't know. Right. I think, I think, and we've talked about this in different shows about like onboarding and, and all that stuff is that, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time training reps on the product, um, and or their service or whatever they're selling. Right. Then. So you just said they're excited about selling. They know, they know this will solve X, Y, Z problem prospects, X, Y, Z. They're like, boom, done. We're there. Um, but they're, less trained on understanding how the solution or the product impacts the business. And so I've, I, I've seen reps, again, on an administrative, like trying to set up a CRM for them that there's just not an understanding of what, like these open-ended questions almost like check, you know, ask three open-ended questions, check, you know, like, but there's no real reason to, to ask those questions. You know what I mean? In, in, in terms of how they're trained, right? As opposed to be like, you know, you need to understand what they're trying to do, and and because you'll have different prospects that are different places, right? You'll have prospects that are, you know, newbies. It's the first time they're let's let's stick with software. It's the first time they're buying this piece of software, and and they're not really quite sure how it's going to help their business. Uh, but you have others that are maybe experts, right? It's a it's the seventeenth time they buy this software. They just buy it at different companies, and so the realities are different. But this you still need to understand what they're trying to achieve, and. Yeah, I think we just don't train, I think refs are just not trained on understanding why a business objective you, you, is you're, important. You're, if you're, I give a, a personal example, two seconds, like, uh, you know, I often forget to ask or to, to dive or to have a discussion about like revenue goals and stuff like that, um, because it's not always directly tied. You know, what I do for them is not always directly tied to it, but but then that makes me realize that when i forget to ask it's always harder to make a sale because because in my service and my price points and hubspot's price points if i'm selling a new hub then you know it could be completely out of whack right if a company's making a million dollars a year investing xyz it may just makes no sense right and they need to go find another vendor to do it and so i think that's why yeah, but I think reps are not trained on
0: doing that. And you've said to go back to that, and that's you're right, because tra- reps are trained on their product. They're trained on how their product can help the challenge that the clients are facing. But ultimately, what's really hard to train a person to do is to ask questions and take the time to understand that person's business, because it's always going to be different. But the magic sauce here, and because a lot of people say, well, how, what are the questions you have? The magic sauce is simple. It's you ask an open-ended question to find out what the challenges are. Once you know the challenges you say, okay, they talk to you about a challenge. You say, once this challenge is fixed, what does it enable you to do? Then you're going to get closer to their business motivations because they're going to tell you what's important to them. And you keep asking that question until there's a dead end of we're going to sell the company. We're going to be the number one in the world, or I'm going to retire. Yeah. And that becomes their motivation. That's their business objectives. So it's really a simple path. It's a, it's a question. It's, it's, it's a question. It is, it's an open-ended question. It's developing the answer of that open-ended question. So if you say to me, Hey, Paul, um, if I say for you, for example, Hey fab, um, you know, what happens if this challenge gets fixed Well, we, we are able to, uh, you know, become the top 10 tier in, in this or that market. Okay, and what happens when you're top 10 tier in that this or that market? Well, then we're hoping to get to number one in the next five years. And then then what happens? Well, once we're number one, we hope to merge with number two, number three and become the biggest supplier of whatever. (laughs) There there it is. And it, it was an easy path. And there's a million different permutations of this. So there's no magic question. It's to make sure that you build on what you've just listened to. And for some reason, it seems to be the hardest thing to do.
1: Yeah, because again, I mean, you know, in the way you present it, first of all, I don't, I don't agree that it's easy. I think that's actually hard. And I think it's, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of, let's say, a 19-year-old, well, maybe, you know, a 22-year-old, this is their first sales job and they have to sell to CEO, maybe not a CEO, but let's, yeah, let's say a CEO of a 300-person organization, right? I mean, to, to, to make, to take the time... To understand why they need, I'll stick to a world that I know, a CRM or a new CRM is, is mind-boggling because we're not trained on how to do that. You know, like we're, we're trained on speed. We're trained on like things need to close fast. It's the end of the quarter. We need to close something today. You know, blah, 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 blah. That's what we're trained on, right? All these tactics on how to, to, to speed up sales and scarcity. scarcity. And all, and all those things, but we're not trained on, okay, but why does the, C- the CEO probably doesn't even know why they need a CRM, right? Like that's that's the that's the challenge, right? Like somebody in the organization, their sales VP, you know, doesn't like Microsoft Dynamics and can con- convince the CEO that they need a new CRM, but the CEO probably doesn't even understand why they need a CRM, right? And, and we've spoken to a company a long time ago as to where the CEO didn't really understand why they needed to do... More marketing and review, like efforts with the sales team, and 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 so on and so forth. It's like, and, and so that's where it becomes actually very difficult. Is also because it's not just about asking the right questions and diving deep on the problem. It's also understanding the dynamics within the company, as understanding who the decision makers are. I mean,
0: again, if that, I just that, but go, that's where that's where I'll totally challenge you, Fab. I don't care how old you are, how young you are. Your confidence might change, your tone of voice, and that's very. We've talked about that before. It's not just yep. the words you say; it's how you say it in your body language. But if if you're, let's say you're talking to that CEO, and the CEO says, "Okay, Paul, you know I'm talking. To you we're talking about CRMs today, and uh, well, I'll say, what's your challenge? Well, my sales aren't going as well, or marketing's not doing as well. Okay, why do you think that is? Well, we don't have good organization. Why are you not well organized? Well, everything's all over the place. Well, what do you mean by that? And you just keep digging and what would that organization help you with? Right. And then at the end, you'll say, well, look, if you have, you know, if you're not getting the organization and the, and these, and the results you're looking for from the other CRM you're using, well, I think this CRM can be more tweaked to your personal knowledge. If you can do this and do that, you're going to connect it to everything they told you because that's what you're trying to do. But that so, requires a training. And so it's not. That's what I'm saying. You need need product training. Totally agree with you.
1: No, no. And you need, you know, and we talked about, I think last time or a couple, a few weeks ago, like role playing and all that stuff. Like that's all the stuff that's not talked about. And that's why I'm saying it is hard because if, even if I'm 37 or, or 47, you know, like, and I've never been trained on how to, you know, let's say I'm a 47 year old rep, right. Who's been selling for, you know, twenty five years, thirty years, and but I've always been lucky in that I worked at a company where, you know, sales were easy, so to speak. Right, the product was a must, or, or whatever, um, and I've never been trained on it. It's it's hard to to, to ask those questions because there's no clear benefit to it un- until we get trained on. The,
0: so yeah, you know, and, and so, so you, what you need to do then? You're right. You need to train your team. You need to do role plays. It needs to be part of your daily activity or even weekly or whatever. It needs to be part of a regular activity to train your team to ask these questions, to find these things out. Actually, yeah. most of your training should be on discovery. Most of yeah. your training should be on role plays and discoveries of what's going on because that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Hey, Fab, should yeah. you do a role play to show it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, you're right, and I think, and I think that's where, and obviously, then we could go into the the to the side of it when we're talking specifically to the leader. There's a good chance if a sales rep hasn't been trained on it, a sales leader who is arguably more often than not a salesperson themselves, you know, haven't been trained on it. So I think at some point there's just you know, maybe I'm oversimplifying, but I think the transition to you know what you know, like the challenger sales, the spin selling, the consultative selling, right, is it's still relatively new, right? And you still have leaders that haven't been trained on it and they don't know how to change their team. And the metrics that we're surveying are not necessarily the ones that are the more conducive for somebody to slow down and take their time to do the discovery properly, right? We're like, because the metrics that are gonna do during most one-on-one calls with a sales leader and the sales rep is like, why is this deal still in phase one? Right. Like you've already spoken to them, like move it to sales t- to step two. Right. It's not going to be like, I just, th- the question is never going to, well, never, you know, rarely going to be about, well, I'm just having a hard time cracking the nut here. Like they're not, they're not sharing the information. Right. They're not, and, and, and it's less a, so then, you know, a call that should be about like just move it forward is, should be more about like, well, let's sit down, let's role play this. Right. Yeah. Like let's, exactly. let's, yeah. let's get Paul. Yeah. Or let's get uh, Josie, who are our top sales team, to join us and, and we'll do a, a, a group role play and we'll figure this out. Um, I think that's where the challenge, the big, big part of the challenge is. It's like there's just, I, and I know you always challenge me on this when I say that, but there's a disconnect I see between how sales teams are measured and the behavior that should be done to actually increase sales, right? Um, and you you see that on the marketing side as, as well. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just a sales thing. But I think there's sometimes too big of an emphasis on, and and I realize that I'm contradicting myself because I help sales team build conversion rates and, and all that stuff. But that becomes the end goal, right? The conversion rate, as opposed to what does it, what do we need to really close the sale, close the deal here?
0: Yeah, and and I really I agree with you, Fab. And, and it's something it's interesting because we have a whole bunch of data points. We have a whole bunch of data, which is wonderful. But what I find the big gaping hole or the elephant in the room is there's not enough role play on the discovery phase. Right. And, and, and maybe I'll convince you in another little, maybe we could do podcasts where we just do role play and I'll be the rep and you can be the, <laughs> you know, or, or I'll be the sales leader and you can be the rep, whatever. I'll be the one in the, in the uh, hot seat. Um, if, if you don't do that you can't really practice it you know and and let me just give me here just one minute and i'll give you an example you know if you're in, in a sales call right and you're talking to someone you ask the client so mr and mrs client what happens if this if, if if this challenge goes away and you say well uh you know if we're able to have the proper crm and the right setup it might create efficiency in our, our sales that's wonderful and what happened what does that what does that mean efficiency in your sales well, it means that we're going to be able to achieve um, our monthly objective of ten million dollars. Great. And what happens once you reach that ten million objective, right? It's just to keep going, to understand, to, to 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 dig deeper. Now, the only way to really practice this, you said, it is role play. Now, the whole structure, all the data points you have, all the you know, the closing ratios, the 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 pipeline drive, the the um, the the pipeline review, the the the, uh, the the, uh, what do you call it? When you're, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. You're, 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 um, when you're grading the different levels of your, your weighted pipeline value, mm-hmm. all these things are wonderful and they're super important, but to get there, this is all the data to get there. You're having a human interaction. So yeah. and that's what people don't practice. <laughs> and yeah. That's what people don't function. And that's where, you know, we named this podcast, ask the right questions because you and I both knew right from the beginning that if you're not asking good questions, if you're not asking questions, you're not going to find out what's important to your client. And that's what drives you to the next phase. Now, yeah. all the expertise you have on your product is wonderful. But before you talk about your product, you need to know so much more about that client's business. Yeah. So to do that, you need to ask the questions. You need to drive the person through the different phases of that discovery so that you know exactly what's going on. And really... Mm-hmm. I think the only way we can talk about it till we're blue in the face. I think the only way to really do it is to show it and to practice it. So as a yeah. sales, leader, you know, follow last week's um, last week's podcast that we have. Go check out the role play rules, right? Yeah. So I'll, rem- I'll, I'll remind the people. You know, you take a ten minute section of what you're doing of a, of a sales call, and you 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 role play that. You have one person in the hot seat, one person as a client, and then afterwards you go through. Uh, what was good and what was negative and then you learn from that. and you switch the role. And in that, what I'd say, particularly in the discovery phase, give yourself the rule that we're not allowed to talk about our company. We're not allowed to talk about anything. We're only allowed to ask more questions to find out more about the client. Yeah. For 10 minutes, for 10 minutes, 10 minutes, ask question, question. And every time they answer you something, you ask another open-ended question to go deeper. And that's how you'll get better at this. And that's really – that's the trick. So, And that's why I love to say go outside of your industry, pretending you're selling fuel rockets to NASA, you know, and and just ask questions because you don't know the answers. But you're good at (laughs) asking questions. You can find out the objectives. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think – and maybe, you know, this is my operational side of things. Maybe I'm too pragmatic. But to me, it's also – making reps in the same way that you're, you're hoping that your reps help the clients get to the right answer. Like it's, it's help your reps understand why we're asking these questions. I often find that there's a vacuum, right? Like, Oh yeah, the business season, the objectives and, and all that. But, but then there's this, this kind of, like, why do I need to care? Why?
0: Okay. Let me you stop know, you right there. Let me pause right there. Okay. And the way you get them to understand that, why do you need to care about their objectives is Think of your, tell them to think of themselves as a consumer, right? When you're going to Home Depot to buy those tools to fix your shed, you know, you just want to have the best shed possible, but you don't really care about the tools. You might, but you don't necessarily. Actually, it's, it's a B2C. It's not a good example. Let's say you are, um, you're the buyer in, uh, a, 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 I don't know, a textile shop. You're buying the basic products. Well, what you're trying to achieve is a certain amount of numbers at the end of the month. So you've got to put yourself in the buyer's seat. And yeah. you've got to understand that when you're buying something B2B, you're usually buying it to achieve an objective. Yeah. And that objective is what excites you or what makes you happy. So if the rep doesn't understand why they need to buy the objectives, you need to tone it down. And if they're not in a B2B situation, you might tone it down to a B2C situation and say, well, when you went to buy, you know, this tire uh for your car you know you're not thinking about the tire you're buying it because it's safe for your family and you want it to go you know you want your family to be able to to go ski on the weekends or or, or go in the country your objective is skiing or have a safe family It's not the freaking piece of rubber and that's what that's where you got to spend time with your reps so that they understand that to the clients they're speaking to their objective is the most important thing and then when you make them talk about their objectives, they are, they are becoming closer to you because they see you as more of a trusted partner because you're talking about something that's important to them. So you need to take that time. And you can only do that in role play. Because then they'll yeah. get it. Because yeah. if you talk to blue in the face, they won't get it. And how do you operationalize this? It's a good question, Fab. It's a great question. Because some reps are young and say, I don't care about their objectives. Well, honestly, if they don't pretend that they care about those objectives, it's not going to go anywhere.
1: I don't, think, I don't think a rep, I mean, obviously, maybe some, it's not that they don't care. I think it's, from what I've seen, not clear why. You know, if I'm, if I'm selling a accounting software, right, and a CFO, maybe not even that high up, comes to me and says, like, I need an accounting software. I've worked with yours in the past. It works great. Can we just sign it? Like it's not clear for a rep who's there, who's being measured on revenue they brought in this month or this quarter or this year, wherever they're at in the calendar year. Um, there's no incentive to further ask questions, right? Because the price is set, right? It's not a, it's like a, not a service where you're like you need to justify the value. You know what I mean? Like the price is set. You know, like the software sells for. Well, then you're failing a as a leader. Yeah, but that's that's yeah. that's what I'm bringing to is that is that's I think that's where I see is that that's where a lot of reps have a challenge is like at the end of the day, if 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 your marketing is done relatively well and if the person identifies themselves in what you're selling, you know, the sale is relatively easy, right? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, like. If I just look at myself, I was talking to somebody yesterday. Yeah, you do a lot of great content marketing. We got into the Zoom call like, oh, I recognize your background. Boom, boom. boom. I need a HubSpot consultant. Like, I mean, very far from closing anything, but you can see how there's a certain degree of facility there, right? Because of so, I think for a lot of reps, there's yeah, I don't know. It's not always clear why you need to ask that question, especially when the sale gets easy. And so then, because they're not role-playing, when the sale gets difficult, then it's easy to say, why well, you're not going to win them all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, and I think that's what you're saying. Like, that's what, exactly what you're saying. is like, there's this challenge of this, like, no, 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 wait, even if it's easy or whatever, you need to understand why they're buying the software,
0: the service, this product. Well, you know, l- let, me, let me make a clarification there. If they call you and they want your product and they're willing to buy, you might not need to find out their objectives. But I'll disagree in,
1: I mean, well, you're right. Like to- because
0: then you're more, then you're more, no offense to you, but if that happens to you, then in that situation, you're just more of a, an order taker, which is fine. But if yeah. the person's calling you up, they know what they want and they want to buy it and you're just saying, okay, that's all right. You're not gonna you're not gonna slow them down for half an hour to say what their objectives are. If they're convinced they want to buy you, they say, "Hey Fab, I heard about HubSpot. You know, you're a good trainer. Da da. I've heard about you here, here, there. When can we start?" And then you're not gonna say, "Well, what are your?" You might take a few minutes say, "What are your objectives? Why are you trying to do this?" You know, because you want to see if you're a good fit with them. Yeah. But you 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 don't need to take five hours if they're already convinced and they've done their research and they like you. don't, Don't waste their time. Don't waste yours. Say, okay, let's get going. Yeah. Yeah,
1: you're right. I mean, the only reason why I would say I disagree, but you, you alluded to it anyway, is is the good fit, right? For, yeah. for for an individual for sure, but for an organization too, right? If if we look at it in a RevOps potential, like the real benefit is not that first sale. The the real benefit in the business is the cross selling and the upselling and the renewals. Right. And so if you're onboarding somebody today because it's easy, but they're gonna cancel three months in, you know, that's that's actually not a good sale for the organization, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a good sale for the consultant the the salesperson because they've gotten their commission, but it's not a good sale for the organization. Paul, well, I want to move on to the operational side of things, because there's something that you said at the top of the show that, that kind of clicked for me and, and and another reason why I think a lot of salespeople have a hard time is the way CRMs are inherently built, right? With you know, we've all seen the the Kanban view, right? Like the stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, and And some stages are relatively arbitrarily set. And so there's like a a discovery stage, right? And that's usually the first stage of the process, maybe the second, if there's like a prep phase or whatever. And with something that you said at the beginning that really kind of clicked on me, and I don't know if I have a real answer, is like, it's a discovery is a phase, right? Like discovery is not necessarily something that happens at stage one of the process. Like maybe there's a few things that you need to do Right. Like, like, you're not going to, you're not gonna, always going to be able to get all the information possible during your first call. Right. But because, because there's so many steps in my sales process, like I always have the incentive, like, oh, I had my discovery calls. So now I'm going to move it to stage two. Um, and I'm wondering at which point, like, that's tricking up some, tripping up, not tricking, tripping up some reps too, is that discovery is like a moment in time in a lot of CRMs. Right. Which, which when you said it's a phase, I, and I realize that we're maybe splitting hairs and I realize it's also a cultural thing and and a training thing. But when I hear it's a phase, it's like, wait, wait, like discovery can happen over two or three stages of your sales process. Right? Like it doesn't all have to happen at this specific moment in time. Right? So if let's say you have your discovery phase and then you'll have maybe your scoping phase or whatever, you know, obviously each company has a different process because of the realities of their industry. But that to me, like I don't know, there's something there. I feel like the fact that a lot of discoveries are just kind of limited to one stage and there's like usually like three, four, five, six other stages and reps are incentivized to move things forward, we kind of move out of the discovery stage very quickly, even though the discovery is not completed yet. I don't know if that makes any sense. So, I thought
0: that was so really- it's interesting you say that because um, to me, the discovery phase is definitely i try to really push people to do it before they talk about their product but it's, it's never a perfect world like things are muddy so they'll talk a little bit about the problem they'll come back but to me discovery is discovering the person's challenge opportunity if it's because it can be it can be a problem or an opportunity mm-hmm. their need their wants and their motivation mm-hmm. once you've done all that you've discovered everything you need to discover yeah and ideally in a perfect world you're discovering this before you're presenting yeah right but in reality what often happens as you just said is you'll do a little bit of presentation between these things you'll talk a little bit about you and then but you should still try to discover all these things yeah ideally in my world it happens after your introduction and before your presentation yeah but yeah I agree. You're but I totally agree with you that in reality, it can happen. you know, let's say you're talking to someone for six months, you're gonna talk a little bit about you, you're gonna find out some more. you're gonna you know you're, you'll do more of that. But yeah ultimately, if you can, let's say the discovery uh, listen, the best discovery calls I've heard, regardless of the sales cycle, will last two hours, three hours at the most, Mm -hmm. but after two, three hours, you usually have a pretty darn good um, idea of what's going on. But what I've noticed is if there's a lot of information given, the conversation will come back. In other words, um, you know, we're trying to reach this 10 million. They'll talk about it a lot. So you've discovered it first in the face, but you'll still talk about it in your confirmation and your whatever scoping or in your in your demo phase or when you're talking, th- that 10 million or that ultimate motivation will come back often in the conversation. But you first discovered it in the discovery phase.
1: Yeah, but I think that's where, yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, obviously you want to be able to discover those five points, the earlier the better, because then you know whether it's time worth, worth spending your time on this opportunity or not, and so on and so forth. But yeah, the reality is like if you're selling software, people might want you to just start demoing right away, right? Like that just, you know, they're not, they're going to ask a couple of questions, but they're like, I just want to see what it looks like, you know, in the same way that somebody wants to, on the B2C side, look at a car before even talking about the financials of it, right? Like it's just like sales, like you said, at, at some point in the show is there's a relationship between, you know, two entities, you know, it could be a couple of people on the seller side, a couple of people on the vendor side, but, or the buyer side, sorry, but you know, relationships aren't perfect. Relationships don't always fit these nice little tidy things. Yeah, so you're
0: you're going to feed that bucket all the way through, basically. Yeah, you're right. So you'll find one person's motivation, and if you're if you're in a big enterprise sale and you're talking a bunch of people, well, there it's much more convoluted, and yeah. and you're trying to find out who your champions are, and there's a whole bunch of stuff happening, right?
1: Yeah, and so, um, yeah, so I think. In terms of operationalizing, and again, I know we I know we said it once, and I'm going to say it again. We need to show on on setting up your CRM and something in much more very folk operationally focused. But but something I would definitely get people to encourage is like discovery is a phase. Right? it's something that can happen over multiple stages in your sales process. Right. Like you might not be able to understand specifically who the decision makers are until very much later in the process. And, and that might be okay. You know, you might have a go, no go stage where really you're at the end of the process and you definitely don't want to present pricing until you have all those five criteria. I get that. But you also have to be able to let the reps evolve at the speed of the, the conversation needs to have. You know, like some people are very open and there'll be an open book and explain everything out of the gate. But some people are not, right? And if you're, if you're just trying to get them into meetings constantly to get information from them, your sales is going to go nowhere. Either. And I think to me, discovery is maybe less of a moment in time in your sales process as opposed to things that you need to understand before you get to a critical point in your sales process. Right. And, well, and maybe you could do a demo, a presentation, and all
0: that and we're still be have collecting to, information. We're going to have to take another podcast because I kind of disagree with you, but I don't nice. have a half an hour to go through. But I think we need to, I think we, I disagree with you because. Unfortunately for a lot of people, it will become a cop-out not to find all those things No, I didn't say you didn't have to
1: ask them. I think there still has to be a moment in time where there's a no-go, no-go. I just see it from a lot of times, especially because people have no training, like all the role-play stuff we talked about a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, I don't think it's always possible to get all the information up front. No, it's without not always actively possible, training them.
0: but you have to try.
1: Yeah, I know. I didn't say you didn't have to try. I'm just saying that I think that's trips a lot of people up. It's like, oh, I got 15 minutes because a guy had to leave early. So my discovery call is done. Boom. Next. But obviously, oh, I didn't no, 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 well, that's it. no.
0: Then you need to say, let's when can we when can we continue this conversation? And then the next conversation, you got to keep asking questions. Now, yeah. it's not just and they might say at one point, hey, Paul, you've been asking me questions for an hour, buddy. Tell me a little bit about you. Of course. You know, I yeah. think we might be able to help you here, here, and there. And there's a few things, but again, I just want to know more about your business because the more I know, the better I'll be able to help you. And then you keep asking your questions.
1: Paul, this has been amazing. I know you have to run. I have to run too. Um, just some quick takeaways. I think for me, a big one is the discovery is a phase. However, you represent that in your CRM, but you just can't make sure, you got to make sure that that's not trooping up your salespeople to just move a deal forward because they've had a first call. Uh, type of thing, I think, but I think the big one is that as a sales leader, you need to train and role play and make sure your salespeople understand why they're asking deeper questions. You're not just asking open-ended questions because a, a few books told you to do it, or Paul told you to do it. You're asking open-ended questions because they're, what you're selling has an impact on somebody's business. And if there is no impact, then there's a good chance you're not going to sell or they're going to cancel at some point in time. So, yep. uh... Train that that would be the bigger one for me is the biggest one for me is train and role play your reps into asking the better the better questions and importantly understanding why they're asking those open-ended questions
0: Um, that would be my biggest takeaway I love those takeaways and you just maybe think of something I just had a brain fart rather than seeing it as a linear a linear process maybe discover sits discovery sits in the middle and you keep, you, you fill other parts of your process, but you keep filling the discovery bucket as you go along.
1: Yeah. Okay. Exactly. To me, yeah, it's a discovery bucket, right? Yeah. And obviously you want to know it as soon as possible to make sure you're not wasting time, but ultimately it's a bucket. And the reality of your day-to-day sales might make it that you can't discover it. It might
0: take it might take three, four, five, 10 calls to fill that bucket.
1: Yeah. And, and at that time you need to, to move stuff forward in parallel
0: right so yeah. I think um but let's have a call about CRM setup at some yeah, point. Ab- absolutely. Hey Fab it was great. I know we went a little bit all over the place but I think we talked a lot I think we have a lot of, of food for other um for other podcasts in the future because I think we just opened a can of worms but a good can of worms. They're good fishing worms. We're gonna catch trout with it. Okay, so yeah. uh see <laughs> right, well, you, well, you next time bye